Welcome to Stuck in the Cry Room. We all know the cry room too well at church, the place we don't want to go. But feel we have to because of our situation. As Catholic families, many parts of our life can feel like a virtual cry room. We're stuck and don't know how to get out. Host Joe Holt and John Cox will discuss these current challenges affecting today's families. And provide practical solutions so you are no longer stuck in the cry room. Welcome to Stuck in the Cry Room. My name is Joe Holt and I'm joined by John Cox, my co-host. Happy that we're able to spend some time with you today. We also have a special guest with us and it is Josh. Hello, how are (laughs) y'all? Which is John's son. We'll get to a little bit more of that a little later, but let's go ahead and uh, actually before the prayer, just to kind of set up this conversation, obviously uh, we have aired, uh, recorded this before uh, Christmas, just a couple days before. (laughs) It's a secret, don't tell anyone. Uh, Just so we can have a nice break to spend some time with family, as I hope that you are also doing in your homes. Uh, But we wanted to talk today about the topic of loneliness. That seems like it might not be fitting right around Christmas time, but it actually is. I think a lot of people are going through A lot of people are going through this right now. So uh, before we begin with that lovely conversation, we'll have John open us up in prayer. Sure. Yeah, actually, we're going to do this. This is called the Supplications and Resolutions for the New Year. So all of you who are making a New Year's resolution, um, good luck. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot I have to think of that. Oh, no, you don't. Mine is not to make any more. I've been doing yeah, that that's very a good well. one. Actually, I like that. So, no more. But if you are making a New Year's resolution, here's here's a prayer for the new year. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. O Eternal Father, after having thanked your infinite bounty for your exceeding benefits in the past, we humbly implore pardon for our manifold sins and negligences. For the time we have consumed and wasted in vanities, in things that profit not unto salvation, and for the woeful and want of correspondence with your graces, which we have so habitually manifested. But filled with confidence in your mercy, so lavishly displayed in a multitude of ways, we ask your blessing upon our good purposes and resolutions. For now we renew the sacred promises we made in baptism, when we first became your children and heirs of your heavenly kingdom, and we renounce Satan with all his works and pomps. Firmly convinced that the salvation of our immortal souls is the one great business of life, the purpose for which we have come into the world, we solemnly resolve for the future, not only to do all in our power to avoid evil, grievous sins in thought, word, and deed, but also shun every unnecessary occasion that might imperil our souls. We further resolve to fulfill the greater exactness and fidelity of the duties of our station in life, to give more attention to progress in things spiritual, to be more devoted to Holy Mass, to receive sacraments more frequently, and to pray more often, more fervently. Bless, O oh my God, these good resolutions which we offer to you at this, the threshold of a new year. Give us your precious grace and make us truly wise. The days and years of our life are passing so swiftly away. Help us in your mercy to utilize them as we ought to do for your greater honor and glory, for the good of our neighbor and for our sanctification. The night comes in which no man can work longer. 
Soon, at best, we shall have appear before you to render an account of our stewardship. May we then be found worthy to receive from you the divine welcome. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Amen. Amen. In the Father, the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Okay, so that's my resolution this year. Is no more resolutions? No, is uh, right here. Um, <laughs> you apparently you weren't praying along with us. I'm just being. Yeah, no. Sarcastic. Give more attention to our progress in spiritual. Yes. To be more devoted to Holy Mass, receive the sacraments frequently, and pray often. You know, I I feel that that usually is my resolution every single year. And that tells you that how much I'm still trying to work through all of that. I know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, before we went to prayer, John uh, brought up a, a great point, And that is the reason why the timing of this episode is so appropriate. And that is that we know that many people are lonely right now. Uh, and this could be you, you as a listener right now. I don't know if you're single and uh, you're away from family or uh, if you are part of a family and you can't see other members of your family because of COVID and the different restrictions or the health or safety of yourselves and others, um, or you might be struggling with a mental illness and you're struggling with depression. Yeah, no, I. it's interesting because this podcast is for families, right. so moms, dads, particularly, and even being a parent, you can feel lonely many times, oh um, my gosh, especially yes. when you're... Um, trying to just get through Christmas and everything, and you're so busy about doing things, you forget to be in the presence of your spouse or uh, your children and stuff like that. So I think it's hard for people to build those relationships. Um, I I think you're right, because before all this hullabaloo happened in 2020, mm -hmm. we, it was very common for us to gather in groups of people and to have conversations, whether it's with neighbors or that is out with work or just mm -hmm. socially in different places around the, around the city and, and, and lean on each other for yeah. support and counsel. Mm -hmm. And now, yes, you would think that you could still have that counsel. It's not the same. It seems almost like it takes a lot of preparation, a lot of work to orchestrate and to, to plan. And, and what? I, what do you mean to be with people? Yeah. What would be, what would, Josh, what would be an example of that? What do you think? Um, so during COVID, me and my friends have been trying to like hang out in person somewhat. So we always plan on like going to the mall. Uh, and it tends to be around once a month. We'll just plan on a day. We can all go to the mall one night and just hang out. Uh, it takes it takes quite a bit of planning just to make sure like people can actually make it. Like they don't have work or school or whatever in the way. So that way we can all actually see each other. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say... That makes a lot of sense that it takes a lot. Well, and you also have to lean upon parents, too, for those people who yeah, don't drive. Helps. Uh, I, mean, I, I will tell you that during COVID, it has been more difficult for me to be able to get my daughter to places she needs to go. Uh, and I'm thinking my youngest, who's 15, doesn't have her license, can't drive yet. Mm -hmm. And you would think, well, I've got a 16-year-old in the house. That person should be able to drive the 15-year-old. But then she has a work schedule, a, a school schedule, even though that we're doing everything remotely so it seems more complicated well I, I guess the question is why why do we feel alone i think that's the deeper question right. here why right. you know yes life is difficult getting from one place to another it's more difficult to see other people in person but um i guess the question is is loneliness a bad thing that's a and, really great question and i'm not saying it's a good thing i'm not saying that but I kind of proposed either of you guys that question. <laughs> 
that that is something to ponder on and i and i could see that from multiple angles and josh feel free to to weigh in there as well you know uh, one immediate thought that comes to mind is god has created us all so differently mm-hmm. all uniquely right i mean there's a reason why our fingerprints are not the same from one person to another and i look at my own children i look at my husband and i and how different all of our personalities are and yes, I think everyone, there's a desire to be social, to be extroverted, to to want to be with other people. And then we can't have that. We feel like we're failing. We feel like we're, we're not, we're missing out on something that everyone else is having. And uh, yeah, social I th- media. That, that, I think that's the key. I think it's envy. Yeah. I think it's the temptation of envy or thinking, but it's always been there. I mean, I, I look at my teenage years. I felt very alone in my teenage years, staying home on a Saturday night. Uh, my friends out doing stuff and hearing the stories of what they did oh, Monday. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, that's when we heard about it, right, John? Yeah. And you and I, might, maybe we should have uh, been in the same group. Yeah. <laughs> the same social group. And we kind of hung out together. No, no. But that's when I no, would hear be about alone. it too. Yeah. <laughs> that's when I would hear about it too, because we didn't have cell phones right. and we didn't have the social media and we didn't have the online platforms to. to I, I agree though. Snap chat my picture well, i agree and people feel like they're missing yeah. out more what's what's the what, what's the expression is a fomo fomo yeah the yeah, fear, fear of missing, missing out. out so do you do you have that experience yes most definitely i think most teenagers have everyone that. does not me. me i i try to miss out on stuff now like i go out of my way I, <laughs> oh my gosh. I, you know what i i yeah, I, I don't think I necessarily have FOMO right now. There's times in my life that I've had that, and I don't think it's just isolated for teenagers, but I think they feel it more because yeah. they're so dependent upon their devices and right. their social platforms just to be able to communicate with one another. Mm-hmm. There's some good benefits to that, and there's some drawbacks, right? But So, uh, so let me ask you guys, let me ask you this, Josh. Like, When you're alone, what's going through your mind? What thoughts are going through your mind as you're alone? So personally, whenever I'm being alone, it tends to be about what I could be doing, what else I could be doing with people. Okay. Or like. So it's the fear of missing out. Yeah, that's yeah, basically. Say that. that's, that's exactly it. it. Okay. Sometimes, well, sometimes. <laughs> okay. It's not like that all the time, though. Sometimes it's just about like. Do you get angry at all, or? Yes, I do. So whenever I'm alone, I'm just sort of, sort of bumping things between myself, sort of like just letting it increase and boil over. Okay. Just sort of on its own mm-hmm. and not wanting to talk about it or do anything with anyone just to be alone sometimes. Okay. Uh, no, I, I guess that's interesting. Cause like you also have people middle age, elder, our parents, you oh know, many, many people have their parents who are alone, who are in elderly homes and you stuff know, like that. Yeah. This time is really difficult for all of them. And if you have loved ones who are in a nursing home or assisted living, it's very difficult because they're essentially being locked in as cages, you know, inside these buildings. And yes, many of these locations are trying to give you the video chats and, and and trying to allow you to see them through a window, but that's not the same as the personal touch that Uh, we all need. Yeah. And see, this is the, it goes back to the sacraments. Wait, how does this connect to the sacraments? (laughs) Very much so because we're incarnate people, we're well, not incarnate people. Jesus is incarnate, but because we're we're made with bodies and we we experience God through our five senses, right? Um, and each one of the sacraments have tangible, right? But each sacrament, yeah. like the more you you use your five senses, the more you have a connection with that object. So, as I say, or you know, this cup of coffee here, I see the coffee, I have some connection with it. But when I see it and taste it, 
then I have a deeper relationship with that coffee and the meaning behind coffee, which is to wake me up <laughs> and I taste it, touch it, smell it, whatever. The more of my five right. senses is used, the more connection I have with that. So the problem is that's the same with the sacraments. You know, mm -hmm. when we have the sacrament of baptism, we don't just talk about Jesus saving us. We are washed, cleansed of our sins, and we have that connection there. The Eucharist, the same thing. Jesus doesn't give himself to us spiritually, but spiritually and physically. Right. So that being said, because we're social creatures, we need to be in contact with other people. That's why Zoom is insufficient. Um and you need to physically be in front of that person. And if anything, I'm hoping this under these circumstances in this COVID that people begin to appreciate being with each other in person and do more than just a, a text message, you know, or a phone right. call or, or an email. I think if anything, this has made us sensitive to that there are other people. On the flip side, we become very distant as well and saying, well, everyone's reduced to an email message. Oh, my goodness. And that's the struggle there. You know, I, I really appreciate the boldness of some of the leaders, not only in city government, but in churches. There's a lot of pastors who, you know, despite everything that's going on is is being they're being bold to come up with ways that they can still be in person. Right with uh their their members touch and, i think touch yeah. is a, and that's the thing like something right. as simple as touch yeah um i remember i was driving you know, i was getting up off the highway and there's a homeless person there yeah and i had i gave him some money and i just held her hand mm. because when was the last time this homeless person wasn't touched and she didn't want to let go you know oh, how sweet. that's we forget how it is right. how we need to be touched mm -hmm. um and and Things of that nature. So, I, I think there's one other thing that you had said in our pre-show when you were talking about this is a great opportunity for us to connect with Christ as mm -hmm. He was on the cross. Yeah, there's so much truth to that. I mean, if you think about just these moments of loneliness that you might have, or maybe you can use this to guide other people, but to allow yourself to to meditate into that, to meditate into the time that. Christ was on the cross. Yeah, Christ, he was alone on the cross. He was alone in the desert. Um, you know, I look back when I was a young adult, I was alone for a while and having that sense I want to be around people and relationships. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's a very real pain, emotional, I'll say emotional pain. Um, so I guess the question is, what do we do in those times of loneliness? So Josh, what do you... When you're struggling with loneliness. I want to hear this answer. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever I'm struggling with loneliness, I notice that I tend to retreat onto myself and sort of distract myself from it. I try to find a distraction of some sort. Whether so what it's, kind of distractions? Whether it's like um, putting my headphones in for like eight hours of the day. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like I said, I'm waiting for the answer. Yeah. Um, listening to Spotify or whatever is on there. Um, watching a lot of YouTube videos okay. or playing whatever games are on Steam. Or okay. anything like that. So, so let me, let me challenge you here. So basically, instead of embracing the loneliness, you're trying to distract yourself and run away from it as much as possible. Yes. Why are you afraid of the loneliness? Because it's a negative feeling. It's, it's a sense that there's no one else with you. There's n that there's nothing else out right. there. And you don't want that. You don't okay. want to be the only one. You want right. other people to be there with you. So, so let me ask you this. Is that the truth though? No, of course not. So who's with you? Many other people, your family, your no, friends. No, 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 no. When you're having those times of loneliness. God, the archangels, all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, like the whole myriad of heaven, right? Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. Do you lean on your, your faith life during these times of loneliness, or do you try to run away from it? I think I try to run away from it. Okay. 
and distract yourself? Yes. Like a normal teenager? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he's no different of course. Than, than the other teenagers that are out there for sure. You're saying some really great things. And, and, and I can't help but think back in my own life, uh, those periods of time that I know I was extremely lonely. Uh, I, was, I can think definitely one off the top of my head is postpartum depression you know, after yeah. the birth of my children and how lonely I felt and equipped I felt as a mother and, you know, just to be able to fulfill my responsibilities and role and just struggling with a lot of different things. But I will tell you that memory that was very difficult for me mm -hmm. is also a joyous memory Good, because it was in that time that I had so much opportunity and I took advantage of it to reflect and to be present with Christ. Yeah. Because I think in these times that we have loneliness, you know, God can take anything for good. He can turn anything into a great experience. And when you might think it's you're lonely and you're sad and there's despair and, and you're upset, but God can take that opportunity and allow you to work on yourself. Yeah. And allow you to grow you. and work through you. No, mm -hmm. I, I, I absolutely agree. And that's usually what happens is that's when right. God wants to work with us one-on-one -on -one and we want to run away with it, which is the point I'm making. Uh, <laughs> we I'm want helping to you out of my work because, because it hurts. It hurts. It, it does, does hurt emotionally. And you know, I'm thinking a lot of those people who are single, divorced parents, single parents, Mm -hmm. You know, especially uh, around the holidays, especially around the holidays, one right. that wished you had that loved one with them or, you know, a, a significant other uh, a spouse and um, the loneliness that they're suffering there. And I think this is the other hard part with the Catholic churches or the churches in general being shut down. What people used to go to to find company and, and support, they can't come to anymore. For example, all our ministries are pretty much shut down. So people who are single can't come and socialize uh, in person. And so I think this is this is what's really happening. And, you know, it is hard, but at the same time, this can be a wonderful time of the desert and seeing where God wants. If there's anything I've learned in this life is the grass is always green on the other side. When I was an, a young adult and I wanted to socialize more and make friends and I was always felt lonely, I got married. And now <laughs> I envy those days. I mean, I'm never happy you with where we are, so... I know. So I think Mandy, he didn't mean it that way. No, the way that you're thinking about it is not totally what he meant. If you listen to this, he totally understands where we're He's very happy he's married to you. Yes. You've made his life greater. You've made my life. And more blessed. No, it has. It has its, that's my point. <laughs> Everything has its blessings. Right. And it's where you are in life. So I think the most important thing is just to be grateful of um, spending time. Can you think of some time maybe in your life where your loneliness was a great opportunity to work on yourself? And, oh, yes, and, and absolutely. How, and, and that experience? You know, it's very interesting because when you see work on yourself, uh, and, and God, first of all, God's with God. Yeah, God works mm -hmm. through you. Correct. But the hard part is, is it's hard to work or let God work on you if you don't know how you're interacting with people. You know, like, I don't know if I'm growing in holiness until I come across this person who drives me nuts. And, um, mm. and then I, I lose my temper. I'm like, oh, I am not growing in holiness. You know, I, I was a holy person before I got married because I didn't have to worry about interacting with people. I was a saint because I was praying all the time. And then <laughs> as I had, to, well, no, as I had to work full-time jobs, interact with people on staff or interact with people at home or whatever, constantly be around people, I realized, oh, I'm not as holy as I thought. I mean, this is why the early church fathers, like St. Anthony of the Desert, moved to the desert because they were just kind of, want to be with God. And they were sick of people. 
And then St. Basil comes along and says, you really want to grow in holiness? Like he began, St. Anthony began monasticism and you were alone. They're all hermits. And St. Basil and St. Gregory came along and said, you really want to be holy? Live in a community and didn't tell me how holy you're going to become. And keeping that in mind, that's, that's what the struggle began because now you have to be charitable to God and to your neighbor. So there's blessings on, on both sides. Well, and all those things that you mentioned mm-hmm. further affirm yeah. how we were created and designed for community and to right. be with others and to share that with other people, right? right? I'm, I think about the charisms of the church, mm-hmm. right? and there's a lot of conversation over these charisms. Right. Um, and the way to know what your charism is, is not how you feel about it, but is how others mm. receive your works. Hmm. And, and, and how they receive it. So there is even a social dynamic to that as well. But I guess what I'm thinking about allowing you to work on yourself, mm-hmm. you know, in the quiet of loneliness, mm-hmm. in the quiet of that, when you can sit and reflect and the Lord can Are allow you, you to see things and to be, to be more aware of things right. and to meditate through that and to listen to him. No, and you're right, Joe. The hard part is you can only do so much reflecting and meditating if you're alone. Would you Would you agree with that, Josh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, and that's the hard part. I think when you're alone, it's yeah, you do your prayers and you spend an hour, two hours, but um, you well, know, by ten o'clock, you're kind of like I'm done. Well, obviously not doing that the whole time. You're no, like backfiring my whole. Like, Sorry. <laughs> whole Sorry. No, and I agree. I agree. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. So. Uh, COVID is definitely very different because it's it's a long, long, long period of time right. where before that we had just these little moments of, of loneliness. Right. I, I guess for me, I, I kind of look at this time has, I, this year I feel like I have grown more spiritually Good. and I think it's, it's because of the loneliness, okay. because of the inability to do what we have done before, the inability to be, um, you know, as interactive with people. I mean, I had definitely have some friends that are very uh, loose on, on the restrictions and, you know, they don't care. And, you know, let's just all get together and business as usual, what's meant to be is meant to be where the other extreme is very fearful, wanting to be isolated, not wanting us to kind of, you know, get together and, and to connect and to, you know, have our, our dinner party or to have socialization or to go out for coffee. Yeah. So, you know, we all have these different extremes of these relationships that we have and how do we insert ourselves within there? How do we also figure out how to take care of and soothe our loneliness that we're experiencing? Well, that's the point. We can't soothe our, it's the Holy Spirit. Right. I mean, it really is the Holy exactly. Spirit, is the prayer. Yes, I agree. I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> no, I'm Josh, not you are. What, are you, what are your thoughts? Well, there are all sorts of families, right? They're all, and of course, there are going to be people on any extremes. But with here, there are so many different kinds of families. Like, there's not just me, my four sisters, and my parents who are pretty healthy and don't have much to worry about. There are those with family members who could easily die of COVID. And that's something like, hard to keep in mind. It's like your family is safe. That's good. But then there's also other people out there, which is hard to like remember and grasp next time you're trying to figure this out. And so you can't just have everyone going back to normal, but you can't keep everyone locked up forever. And that's like what's causing this loneliness too, is like you're being forced into this loneliness. Yeah. You were were mentioning that like before when you're younger, you chose it. Now you're kind of forced into it. Yeah. Yeah, You want to explain it a little bit further? So, like, when I was younger, I was not a very social kid. I sort of kept to myself, and I was fine with that. 
And then we moved from Texas to Longmont, where I wanted to be a little more social, but still didn't put myself out there because I was kind of afraid and I chose not to put myself out there as much. That continued on for a little bit. I tried to make friends a few times, but they weren't good friends. So I had to choose to put myself out of there again. Until finally, I found some good friends whenever we moved from Longmont to Highlands Ranch. And there were times when I had to choose to be lonely, sometimes for my own good. That's where loneliness can come in good. But when it's forced, like with COVID, I remember I finally had good friends, but now I can't see them because of this this um, virus going around. So now I'm forced to sit in my room for like three weeks on end, not being able to see anyone. And you're being homeschooled too. Yes, of course. So I can't see anyone at school either. Not that anyone else would. Though, you can see your closed. sisters at school. <laughs> I guess. But not as fun. Poor Josh. <laughs> oh, well. Um, but yeah, at the beginning of all this, like we even tried Zooming somewhat regularly, almost every night. But it still wasn't enough. It still wasn't good enough because I couldn't be there with them. It's like whenever you're going to adoration, like you're in the presence of Christ, but looking at a photo of the Eucharist is not as powerful as actually being in adoration. But it's the same thing with your friends. Like if you're in the presence with them, if you're actually with them, it's much better than just seeing them on the other side of the Zoom call. I, I wish that this podcast was like a video because John is having a very proud moment. At this. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I like Josh he talk. is like beaming with it's, just. It's, it's funny because Josh he's talks so like with his hands you. like his dad. <laughs> John, John's little theologian. <laughs> oh, no, man. actually, it's funny because it's mom it's awesome. who does all the. Mom has all the conversations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It's, yeah. Thankfully, it's not video. No, it's not. Oh no. <laughs> We'd see arms everywhere. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, poor Mandy. Oh, she's great though. No, yeah. mom. Mom does a lot of the teaching. I, I think moms very much talk with their hands a lot. You yeah. know, we've got a lot of pointing. You know, no, air traffic point, controlling no, that's pointing. happening. Oh, just pointing. Pointing. Just, but you know, when you have one finger pointing for. Pointing back at you, I hear, or three. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Tell right? that, tell that to my wife when she's pointing at the kids. Right, right. That's three. You think, that's she's, three. You think when well, she's, she's pointing at the kids, kids, she's thinking, "Oh, I'm pointing at myself right now." Are you pointing at yourself when you're pointing at the kids? <laughs> Are you really thinking about that? No, I'm not. Okay, but I, but I don't point. <laughs> so I used to point, at, but now I don't. Now, oh, now, you do now all my hands are it's open hands. Air it's traffic open. controller. Okay. <laughs> it used to be one finger long ago, but now yeah. it's like all five all the fingers. fingers. All the ten. <laughs> Yeah, all 10. So it's <laughs> not a fist in the air? No. Anyways. No, sorry for the right. digression. <laughs> no, it's okay. But, I, okay, let me ask you something, though, uh, just based on what you're saying. Because you keep referencing, but now, and because how things are now, and because we can't do... Uh, what are some things that you've been able to do that have helped with the loneliness? Well, whenever COVID was starting off around March, April, we started making bread. So our mom would... Um, she made the starter to begin with, and mm -hmm. she would feed it every day. Get sourdough, rid of half of sourdough it. starter. Yes. Yeah. And so we would just make things with that. Like she would make bread. We would make pretzels with her. I would help twist them and that sort of thing. That was fun. And everyone gained 100 pounds. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> All oh, <no>. pounds. <laughs> Five tons. <laughs> and then well, later on, I think around in May or something, we had this sort of a... Um, this sort of cooking competition. It wasn't really a competition, but just something fun to do. Where each of us took our own recipe that we found online, and we made it. I chose to make macarons, macarons or whatever, because why not? Those I are really hard to make. They are. 
Um, and so it, it took some time and it was really fun. It took about a day to make, honestly, because you make the night the night before, then you let them sit with the buttercream and everything for until like the next day when you were able to serve them. That's when they're best. And that was fun. It just gave me something to do, something to think about. And we would sort of do that time and time again of just sort of just making our own things. And we would try to start up a few different little hobbies. And over the summer, we took a couple of classes just to, first of all, learn how homeschooling is going to work for us. And then just to give us something to do. And it was kind of nice. Yeah, because we weren't grading you. Yes, that too. <laughs> that too, especially that. Don't we, read your we weren't, You weren't 15 well, lessons behind you know, the calculus. What, oh, well, okay, so what, what, I'm, what I'm hearing is something that pacifies or helps with the loneliness. It's just the mm-hmm. interaction and activities you're doing with your own family inside mm-hmm. the walls. Right. But it's very difficult for families to do something all the time exactly. to right. keep feeding that. And I know my youngest is going through the exact same thing. Actually, we just yeah. had a conversation a couple of days ago, and she talked about how lonely she is. And I'm like, well, how are you? lonely like you've got all you've got your friends you've got your friends you're talking to and and all of this and she said yeah but you and dad are so busy right now with so much that's going on Mm -hmm. and with not only your jobs but modifying and taking care of things Mm -hmm. that I feel like we haven't been interacting as a family Mm -hmm. as much Mm -hmm. as we used to And I was so grateful that she shared that with me because that allowed me to be a little bit more intentional in this time. Like it's not just us as parents that are struggling, right? Our kids are struggling and it's easy for us to think about ourselves in the moment, but not to think about what the other members of our family are going through. Mm -hmm. And so uh, for those of you who are part of a family and, and you live in a household with other people, that that's a, a great insight for you to be able to kind of speak into and to, and to really think about how you can not only help yourself, but help others. And you might be helping yourself through the service of others, but when you're alone yeah, and you're by no yourself, that's, that's my point. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard really to grow hard. when there's no one to serve in you living by yourself. You know, again, with the elderly and stuff like that. And to me, that's where grace and faith comes in like a huge act of faith because the reality is, as Joshua was saying, we're not alone. We have the angels. We have the saints. We just can't see them. And it's hard because it's like we're the only ones in the side of this veil and all of heaven and earth is on the other side. And we just want to get there to be with the community of the saints and the angels. And again, this is why it's so important to pray for the souls in purgatory, especially those people who live alone, to offer up whatever they can because now you still feel like you're a part of the community. I think one popular. You're still only there to serve other people, even though you can't go out and help the homeless right now, maybe, or you can't be in the church because of COVID and there's no ministries going on. Um, you can always serve the souls in purgatory, and this can be a lot of means of grace. And so we can't let that grace go to waste. Um, I mean, I, you, one population yeah. to really consider with all of this conversation are the homebound. Yeah, those individuals. All the time, no matter a pandemic or not, that are at home and many times by themselves. And now, now they're not allowed to be visited anymore. Right, exactly. But I, I think about a lot of the individuals who I've had a chance to get to know, including my mother, who is homebound, ways that they have been able to help themselves through the loneliness is still finding ways to serve from home. 
mm-hmm. to serve other people from home. And so I would say if, if you find yourself in this situation, you know, to reach out to local charities, to other things, to be able to ask, what is it that I can do from home that would serve you yeah. and to serve, you know, the ways that help you to run and to make, reach out to other people. You know, you can make rosaries. Um, there's plenty of websites like making mm-hmm. rosary kits and giving rosaries away or... or Making baby blankets. Yeah. What a great thing, mm-hmm. you know. Knitting, knitting stuff for people, yeah, mm-hmm. if you can knit. Yep, <laughs> or maybe there's some type of administrative things that people need help with at home. These nonprofit organizations right now, especially, mm-hmm. yeah. the donations are not coming in. Oh, that's true. They're yeah. not coming in the door, and they need more help for volunteers to be able to step in and to serve and, and to help them run and to do some great things. So. Yeah. Maybe reach out and kind of think about that or talk to your pastor. You know, what are some ways that I could serve from home? And Or maybe that's what we as a church need to start developing and coming up with ideas of how people can serve at home. I know for here we've been trying to do the uh, the pilgrimage of mercy and do the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Um, and a lot of people have been doing that here at the parish, which is wonderful. But yeah, I think I think that's the thing. How can we do stuff at home? Keep our, And that's the point. And my point earlier was it was... People who would live by themselves, I mean, you can, there's only so much you could do. And I think this is your point, Josh. Like, there's only so much you can do before you begin to just feel like you're losing your mind. Yeah. You, know, you can only keep yourself so busy and so preoccupied, but at some point it catches up with you. And my point with that is at some point, and this is where God's grace has to come in. This is all God's grace and his mercy. We begin to find peace with that. Mm. You know, there were moments when I was alone and I, and I went through those mountains and valleys and finally just came to the point where I felt peace of like, this might be what I'm called to do. Right. You know, and begin to embrace that. Yeah. I mean, if we really thought about it, and it, this is a great invitation even for our parish to consider and to send out to our parishioners, are, are all those little ways that you can be connected in a human sense to other people while serving. Even like, you know, when it's snowing, go out and shovel some driveways. Maybe there's individuals who can't get to the grocery store because they are very weak and they don't feel Mm -hmm. safe. Go grocery shopping for them. Bring it back to their house. At least they can, you can see them. You can say hi. They could say, thank you. You have an interaction. Well, that's very interesting on a, kind of side note you know we all have to wear masks and now we feel even more isolated from each other because we can't see each right. other's faces even when we are around each other right um yeah. and, and to me it, a lot of this is demonic in the sense of mm-hmm. the devil dividing and conquering oh absolutely um yeah he's having a field day <laughs> <laughs> for sure he is but we cannot let him win the battle no no and that's the whole point christ is going to get us through this and we depend on him and if anything as a society this is humbling us and recognizing that we cannot, there's no political, um, there's no political, there's nothing politically speaking or culturally speaking that's going to fix this problem. Like we can't just fix this on our own. We need God to fix this culture right. and he and he alone can fix it. If The more we keep depending upon ourselves and our politicians and leaders and blah, 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 to fix these issues, the more we're just going to flounder. So, yeah, I think if I could summarize it, it would be humility and service. Really? <laughs> well, yeah. Right? Well, that goes back to the point how we do that yeah. in this COVID situation. So, right. serve the souls in purgatory. They're always with us. So, you're never alone. We have the souls in purgatory, we have the angels. Now, we just need ask God to give us the faith to believe that they're really present with us all the time. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Josh, for joining any, us any today. Any last thoughts, Josh? 
Not really. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is the, honestly, this is the quiet. He's been usually at home. Him and mom are like <laughs> going for hours on end. So, well, well, well thank you, Josh. Thank you to all of all of you. We really greatly appreciate uh, your listenership, um, and uh, we we pray for you, and uh, we wish you a blessed new year. Amen.